Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland. It's a church that plants churches and Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. Hey, we're so glad that you're taking the time to listen to this week's message. We hope that this teaching helps you love God and love people better every day. And if you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now enjoy today's teaching. Today, we're going to wrap up our series on what I know so far, and, um, and, and I, I need to wrap it up this way. Let me, let me just start by a little bit of personal confession. Um, the idea of legacy, the idea of leaving something behind, the idea of making a difference in the world around you, having a real impact on the world around you, is, um, is central to my thinking and always has been. I, I think if I were to unpack and kind of, you know, psychoanalyze myself a little bit, I think that as a child, I felt like a nobody a lot. And so I, and as I grew up, I think what I began to process is I don't I don't want to be a nobody and accomplish nothing in my life. And I, I just think that started to to really grab my thinking and 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 my my actions even when I was a teenager and and I began to think in terms of legacy at a really really young age which I you know will will say God did that in my life uh I that's something God put there but I don't know how much of it was my insecurities or my fears I I don't I don't know all of that I'm not I'm I'm not real good at psychoanalyzing anybody much less myself and so and so I just know that legacies always mattered to me and I've always worked at it. Well, one of the things that happens when you when you think about legacy a lot, when you think about what you leave behind, what what people are going to see, what people are going to know, uh, the the impact you will leave behind you when you're gone. When you think about that a lot, you notice all of the failures in your life and you begin to unpack them and 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 honestly, when you are someone that notices all the failures in your life, the one thing that happens is the longer you live, the more failures exist in your life. And, and I, I, I struggle with letting go of those things. I can tell you that I was probably 12 years old. Uh, and we were we were at a at a at a family Christmas dinner, and and the Freeman family, my mom's side of the family, would have this big Christmas uh, celebration dinner every year on Christmas Day. We all went to Grandma and Grandpa Freeman's house, and we just had this big thing, and we would all give gifts and all this stuff, you know. So my cousin Jonathan gave me a gift. Somehow I ended up with a gift from him, and and it, it was I don't I don't really remember I don't even remember what the gift was. I just remember that somebody else got a gift and I thought my gift might be better for them. And, um, and, and I, I guess I thought their gift might be better for me. And I remember that just without thinking, I just said, well, we could trade. And, and, and I, I remember Jonathan's face looked kind of hurt by that. To this day, I am 56 years old now. So we are, we are 44 years removed from that moment. And to this day, I feel guilty about that. It still comes back. If that happens in my life from when I was 12 and something that was unintentional, can you imagine all the other stuff that piles up? 
I have a feeling that though I might be a little worse on this than most people, I have a feeling I'm not the only one that has this problem. I think over time, failures will pile up to the point that we begin to believe that we can't have a good legacy. We can't leave anything behind. We can't have a good impact on people. But I want to show you something uh, overarchingly uh, in this story, again, in Genesis, again, jumping out of Genesis. So Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Uh, Adam and Eve have just disobeyed God, and they have just eaten from this tree. I've, I've already, we've already been there in the beginning. God, family first, and then sin is still the problem. So, this is where sin enters. Uh, chapter three, verse eight: The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, because God would come in and they would just take walks with him, right? And so they hear him coming in and they think, "Oh man, this is when he comes in. This is when God comes in, and we and we've done this thing, and we we." realize we're naked and, and we, 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 we sinned and here comes God. And, and so they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. I want you to know that, uh, first of all, you can't hide from God. God will always know where you are. You, there's nowhere you can go that God can't see. And so they're trying to hide from God when that's just not possible. But what we learn here is this. Your failures I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to dismiss them. Your failures weaken you. Adam and Eve, up to this point, are living in the perfect location. They are, they are surrounded by everything they need. The, the, the Garden of Eden was, was perfectly designed for human life. And they, they were there, and everything was great, and then they disobeyed God, and now what did they do? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, well, what did they know? They now know they did the wrong thing. They now realize they have a failure in life, and your failures do weaken you. They, they took walks in the cool of the day with God. There was no sin, no sorrow, no sickness, no death. None of that was in the Garden of Eden. They're about to be thrown out of the Garden of Eden, and now all of this strength in their life is going to be lost by their failure. Their failure to follow God is going to cost them their strength, their 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 relationship with God. There, I had a lady come up to me years ago, uh, and she was trying to make a theological point with me, a doctrinal point. She said, Brother Mike, what can separate us from the, from the love of God. And I said, well, sin can. Sin separates us from God. God has created a way for us to come back through Jesus. But the truth is our failures weaken us. They take us from the place God wants us to be, and they throw us into a place that that wasn't really what God had designed for us. But we end up there anyway. Our failures do weaken us. And in my life, failures will weaken me because I constantly feel guilty about them. I constantly feel bad about them. Now don't, 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 don't send the shrink to my house. I'm good. It's not like I wake up every morning feeling bad about something I did when I was 12. Uh, it's, just, it's just these things don't go away. They're there all the time. And they seem to just pile up on you and you begin to believe I can't really make a difference. I can't really have the impact I want to because I've been weakened by my failures. But I want you to know something. Your failures weaken you, but they don't define you. They don't define you. Watch. I want to show you something else. The Lord God said, I'm in chapter 3, verse 13 now. 
in verse 13, the Lord God said to the woman, what, what, what is this you've done? Because she ate of the fruit. And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So by the way, can I just say, God asked Adam what he'd done. And, God, and Adam said, the woman you gave me made me eat it. So God's now asking her. And she says, well, the serpent, may, everybody's blaming somebody else. Does this sound familiar to you? And so this, the, a lot of things have just not changed since Genesis, since the Garden of Eden. He said, the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, watch what happened. Cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. In other words, the, the, well, look, can I be honest? To this day, most people don't like snakes. There is enmity between us and snakes to this day. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe and painful labor, and in painful labor you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Okay? I, we're not, I'm not going to impact that part, all right? Uh, I'm, I'm going just watch. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree, about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food, and you return until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Watch. Your failures weaken you, and your failures pain you. They cause you pain. When, when we fail and it becomes obvious that we failed, it causes pain. It causes, it causes pain in all kinds of ways in our lives. You, you see that the snake is, is caused pain because he's now crawling around on his belly. One would assume prior to this that the snake had legs. I don't know. But he said you're going to crawl around on your belly now. And then, and then you've got the woman, the pains of childhood. You've got Adam. He, you, you've got Adam, the man. He's, he's got the pains of working the field, and, and the field is producing thorns and thistles when he needs it to produce food and there's toil and there's all look before their failure they were just picking fruit off the trees and eating it when they got hungry they decided which tree they were going to go to and they decided to eat off of whichever tree as long as they left the one alone but then their failure caused them pain and your our failures today will cause us pain our failures bring pain into our lives our failures weaken you, but they don't define you. Your failures will pain you, but they don't define you. Then we keep reading in chapter 4, starting with verse 1. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, the fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. Notice, by the way, over the course of time, Cain brought some of. Abel brought immediately the, the best portions of the firstborn. So Abel brought his offering quickly, and it was the firstborn, and it was the best. Cain brought whatever he had left over whenever he got ready to bring it. 
So you, you got to remember that. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering because it was first and it was best. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor because it was whenever he felt like it and whatever he had left over. Then the Lord, so, so Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. So <clears throat> let me go back. Your failures, they weaken you. They don't define you. Your failures, they pain you. So, so Adam and Eve lose their spot in the garden. They lose this chance to walk in the cool of the day with God. It weakens them. And then the world they now have to live in pains them. It causes them pain. And then their sin, they remember they're from a place with no sin, no sorrow, no sickness, and no death. Now they're out here and they've got sin, sorrow, and sickness. And then their son Cain kills their other son, Abel. Your failures will weaken you. Your failures will pain you. And I want you to hear me, and I want you to hear me out. Your failures will haunt you. They will haunt you. In some of the worst and most difficult moments, your failures may cause bad choices with people around you, bad choices for people who follow you, who count on you. Your choices might give freedom to other people to make bad choices themselves. We've got to understand this. I, I, I'm not saying, everybody hear me out. I'm not saying that we blame ourselves for somebody else's choices. Adam and Eve are not to blame for Cain's choice here. That's true. But it is the sin of Adam and Eve that ultimately had them cast out of the garden. And had they been in the garden, this kind of competition would not have exist. I, I need us to understand. I'm not, I'm not trying to build guilt. I'm not. Because I really, really, what I really want to talk about is legacy. But you can't talk about legacy without understanding failure. Because what it feels like in our lives is sometimes, okay, I, I know some people don't feel this way. I know some of you are convinced that you're God's gift to everything. Uh, for you, maybe this is not your sermon. Uh, but for the rest of us, which is most, we can look back on our lives and it just seems like this litany of failure upon failure upon failure upon failure. And we just think, dude, I must be the worst person to ever walk the planet. Or how am I ever supposed to make a difference? But none of us have failed worse than Adam and Eve. But I want to show you something. I want you to see something. I want to make a point here that I want you to see. Hebrews chapter 11 Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. The ancients. In, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, you get the, the hall of fame for faith. You get, you get Enoch who did not die. He just stepped off into eternity with the Lord. You get you get Noah mentioned. You get you get Mo you get Moses mentioned. You get all of these all of these patriarchs mentioned. You know what all of them have in common? I want you to hear me. All of them 
are children of Adam. Every great human you, you can think of, every great human that has ever existed is a child of Adam. Adam failed so many ways. Adam failed in so many times. But, but, but God took all of that and still created a beautiful world, beautiful cultures. All the great leaders you can think of in today's world are descendants of Adam. Now watch, your, 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 your sins, your failures will weaken you. Your failures will pain you. Your failures will haunt you, but they don't define you. They just don't. That's what. That's something I had to unpack. That's something I have to continually unpack in my life because of the way I process this stuff, because of the way I feel and remember and, and, and carry guilt. Because of that, I have to constantly remind myself, these things don't define me. What defines me is God. And God will take every failure and put it to work to build in me and make me better. And ultimately, God will overcome all those failures. And the legacy I leave is in God's hand. Because frankly, I'm not who defines me. God is who defines me. A lot of modern self-help leaders will tell, tell you at this point, they'll look at what I'm saying and they'll say, you've just got to see yourself differently. You've just got to define yourself differently. You have to give yourself a new name. You have to help yourself overcome. You have to just find it within yourself. Look, I don't have that. I have a God that defines me and says, I'm going to have a legacy because that's what he wants out of my life. I have a God that defines me and says, I love you because I chose to love you. I have a God that defines me who says, I know your failures and I still want to walk alongside you. I still want to use you. I still want to partner with you. That's the God I serve. That God gives me hope. That God gives me definition. That God gives me a direction in my life. And that God is the one that is going to give me a legacy. And I have to trust him for it. I can't make it. I look, don't get me wrong. I got to do my part. I got to work the ground. I got, I got to get rid of the thorns and the thistles. I got to do the work. I got to live it out. But in the end, he's the one that defines it. In the end, every single one of us is a legacy of Adam and Eve. Even though all those failures all this beauty came from them. And God can do the same thing in our lives. You have to trust him with your present. You got to trust him to cover your past, to protect you in your present, and to establish your legacy in your future. And you got to trust him because he's the only one big enough to do all that. When we trust him, our failures don't define us. He does. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would just speak to us so clearly. Jesus, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for dying on a cross for our sins, paying the price to redeem us. Thank you for being our answer. Father God, thank you for creating us and for establishing a legacy inside of every one of us that will live out even through and beyond our failures. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would guide us every day. Help us to limit the failures by following you. Help us to limit the failures by being a living sacrifice. 
holy and pleasing. Let us not conform to the patterns of this world, which is failure. But let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds. As you fill us and direct us, save us and redeem us. As you, Lord, give us peace and give us a legacy. Thank you for all you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us. We hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every day. If you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends. Lastly, we just wanted to give a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. If you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, just click give for more information. We appreciate anything you can do to help. Thanks for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.